Hey guys, spoilers ahead. I'm Nikki. And I'm Laura. And this is Breakdown from the Couch. Yep. And this year, we have gotten our claws into the War of the Roses. Oh yeah, we did. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack with this movie. Okay. Holy cow. What this movie is about. It is, in the blackest of comedies, a perfect 18-year marriage suddenly becomes unglued, and the gleefully evil Barbara... And Oliver, Rose, single-mindedly inflict as much misery as possible on each other. Rather than just get divorced, they declare war, fighting to the bitter end over their huge mansion and every possession inside it. Now, even the calculating calculating guidance of Oliver's lawyer cannot stop this uncompromisingly nasty twosome as their vicious battle sends them on an increasingly dark and dangerous path. That's putting it mildly. It is. And I know it says it's a dark comedy, and there were funny parts in it, but right. really, this was just two people tearing each other apart. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, so first impressions. Okay, so I had heard about this movie, and mm-hmm. I was excited to see it because I like the cast. Yeah. And everything. Um, so you like the cast and everything? Yeah, I like the cast. <laughs> and so I had wanted to see it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um you're welcome. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so there's a lady who picks all of the movies. So far. Right. So I agree. This was really good. I wrote down great and a little bit twisted. Danny DeVito directed this. I know. And this is just perfectly Danny DeVito style. Because he's got, he well, has, he has like hits and misses though, whenever he, he directs. Does. He does. But this was just awesome. This He packed so much into this movie. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, Shall we just jump into the breakdown? Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. So we open with Gavin, the lawyer, who is actually Danny DeVito's character in this film. Right. Talking to a prospective client about a pending divorce. Right. And I'd like to point out that the uh, pending client Uh is actually Dan Castellanta, who does the voice of Homer Simpson. Does he really? He does. I have no idea because he doesn't say a word. He literally does not say a word the entire time. (laughs) Okay. That's cool. I did not realize that. So what I thought was funny is that Danny Gavin is complaining that, you know, his allergies are bothering him. He can barely breathe. And then he lights up a cigarette. Well, and he mentions, though, (laughs) that he had he had quit smoking and had Uh for like 13 years to the point where he was down to one last cigarette. And it's like, if I can hold Mm -hmm. on to this one cigarette. I'll never I'll smoke, never smoke again. again. And he even bought like a protective like case for it. Yeah. And it was he, like glass. It was yeah. Crystal. Yeah, it was really nice and everything. And he mentions to mm-hmm. the prospective client that I didn't start smoking again until um you know, until uh the I, war of the roses. Yeah, until <laughs> you know, I had to deal with the roses. Yeah. And so that's where he starts in on the story mm-hmm. on how the roses met. Right. So then it does this whole very princess bride narrator type stuff right. where it'll jump back to Gavin and then jump back into the flashbacks in the yeah. story. So this is where it actually jumps into Barbara and Oliver meeting each other. Yeah. It was some sort of like estate sale auction type thing. Which it was... It was during, like, a rainy, like, windy day. Yeah. And all I could think of was, I don't think it's a good idea to go into the tent because all I could think of is, like, that thing's going to blow away. All right? Like. Yeah. I I didn't really think of it at that. I was like, why is she wearing a practically white top when it's pouring rain outside? Oh, and that's just it. Like, she's not wearing. point in the movie, yeah, yeah, you straight up see through her shirt. Yeah. And I think the point was. Michael Douglas is Oliver could see through it too. Yeah, exactly. Because he pops up and they're like right in his eyes and he's like, I think I'm in love with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so they go to this uh auction. Mm-hmm. And they're bidding on the same thing. Mm-hmm. Michael Douglas, I think, is there because he's wanting to buy it and then resell it. Right. So basically he's trying to flea market flip whatever little item is there. Yeah. Right. And Barbara always bids one dollar more than him. That would piss me that off. Is some Annoying as hell, price is right, bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, you know how they do. They're like, you know, 850, 851. Exactly. At least go up five more. Right. Ten more. Right. Basically, she wins. And then that's when we see him and her talking. And that's where the 
<laughs> you can see her through her shirt. Yeah. And she he thinks that she's from money because right. of I guess where she was going to school. And she points out actually I got there for through a, a gymnastics scholarship. Yeah. And she does that gymnastics move thing. Yeah. With, yeah. She kind of it kind of sprinkles it throughout the movie. It does. That's like her big thing is she used to be a gymnast. Exactly. So they end up going home together. Mm-hmm. And they're both like and she said something to the effect of uh if we get together, this will be the most romantic night of my life. And if it's not, I'm just a slut. And then he pops off with, this is the story we're going to tell our grandchildren. Yeah, no. Really? This is the story yeah. you want to tell your grandkids? <laughs> Nana's a whore? I know, right? Nice. Exactly. Nice. Okay. And then it flashes to, now they've been married for a couple of years. Yeah. They've He's got, a struggling lawyer. Yep. And they've got two kids. Right. Butterballs. Yeah. I love it. Well, no, they become butterballs. At that point, whenever oh, no, they're kids. Like little and sweet, and he's yeah. like, you shouldn't give them so much candy. Yeah, we'll get, yeah, exactly. So that's just it, like you said. So, you know, yeah, it's mm-hmm. around Christmas time. He's a struggling lawyer. He's trying to get stuff done. They've and got. He's kind of a dick. He is kind like, of a dick already, to those kids. He's kind of a dick to yeah. everybody. Yeah. And so she comes home and she tells him like, oh, you know what? Let's let's just take a little walk, you know, just down to the corner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why? It's, you know, freezing cold. I and do. I got stuff to do. Yeah. And so she, you know, is finally able to get him out there. So they walk to the corner mm-hmm. and, you know, she's like, man, she, she says something along the lines about driving. Yeah. And he was like, you know, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? And then she points out this car Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's some like British, like old basically, yeah. It's a it's a beat up car that they're going to like restore. restore right. It's some like British um he oh yeah, he's like yeah. freaking jazzed about it mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so, like you said though, they go back to the house yeah. and he's excited about the car. She pulls out this like aluminum foil star. star. Yeah. Type of thing. I mean, it, it looks like kids made it, but it does. Um, you know, whatever. But she liked it. She liked it, and so she goes to put it up on the tree, mm-hmm. and he wasn't having none of that. Yeah, he didn't like how it looked. Right. He, this is where I kind of noticed he started talking down to her a lot. Yeah, and that's where he makes the comment because she gives the kids each a piece of candy yeah and then that's what never she's like oh you know if you give candy to kids you know it won't be some big rebellion right later, and yeah. that kind of stuff and later we flash forward and the kids are drunk yeah <laughs> anyway so on that flash forward let's go ahead and get into that okay so he is now an up-and-coming oh, yeah. a struggling lawyer he's right up-and-coming lawyer he's gotten on with a good firm uh turns out you this is where you see gavin enter into the flashback right. story because he and Oliver apparently closed this really big case together. And they, you can tell like they're friends. Yeah. You know, so. And then of course I have fat kids written down and yep. foot seats. Somebody oh got some toe action under the table. That, that bothered me so much. It bothered me, but it cracked me up. Yeah. Like you walk on your feet. Everything that's on the ground is I on know. the bottom of your feet. And that's what like yeah. starts your engine. Exactly. So Danny DeVito brings this, girl with them you know because they're having mm-hmm. dinner there um along with i i'm guessing it like, like other big partners yeah, the big and partners and stuff yep. like that and so they're eating dinner and she basically starts towing his crotch yeah. area okay and then at that point he like rips her her stockings just enough yeah and here's the thing the table is made of glass yeah so barbara is seeing oh all yeah of she it. can see all of it and you can tell like She's, she and Oliver are kind of adventurous together. You can kind of tell, like, from their earlier meetings. Right. But in front of other people, she's, like, buttoned up to the neck. Well, yeah. High neck, long sleeves. She's almost coming off as a bit of a prude. Yeah, which I can't say. I wouldn't exactly I wouldn't be happy no. about somebody getting, you know, so right. screwed at my table. Um. So then it jumps into, oh, this is, you know, this such and such right. China or the crystal, crystal. glassware. Yeah. And he, he points wants out, her to tell the story. Yeah. And then he's kind of a douche about it because she's floundering a little. Yeah. A lot. But she's, <laughs> it is kind of like, okay, get to the point. Yeah. <laughs> on, on why, you know, what the big deal is about this crystal. Exactly. And how you got it. 
Exactly. And so he interrupts her. And finishes. And finish story. it, which pissed her off. Well, I don't blame her for being mad about that. Yeah. Because this is where he's really condescending. And then after everybody leaves, you see the fight. Oh, yeah. This is where I really see, like, the seeds of discontent get planted. Mm-hmm. Because she's aggravated. She's pissed off at him. Yeah. But they don't go to bed mad. Oh. And that's important because that's what I noticed later in the story. Oh, yeah. They, they don't go to bed mad. They give each other a bunch of crap. She mm-hmm. makes fun of his fake laugh. And he's talking about, I'm trying to make senior partner and yada, yada. Right. But they end up laughing it off. And it is a very 80s bedroom set. Oh, have for sure. Have you noticed that? <laughs> and I don't know if it's a rich thing, but why? Like, they always have women, it seems like, that are rich, at least in movies, wearing, like, these, like, long-ass, like, nightgowns. It looks and, like they're out of the Renaissance Yeah. Paintings. Yes, it's I've like, noticed I don't, that, too. It's like, I'm not rich, but I'm pretty sure most people don't do that. Exactly. And here's my thing. I love sweaters cardigans robes right but the bell sleeve thing yeah gets on my damn nerves because if you're going to make like a piece of toast yeah it's in the butter exactly like that <laughs> sleeve catches everything right so i you know i get the imagery that they were trying to produce but yeah let's get practical folks i know all right they haven't had you know if she's making toast she's making it herself they don't have a maid yet that's true <laughs> which will go ahead and lead us into the house yeah Apparently, she passes by this house all the time, and she always leaves a note. Which is weird. Which is weird, but basically, if you ever want to sell it, call me. I'm interested. Which I have on there at that point, because she's supposed to be taking her kids to, like, their practices and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're just, like, little assholes. They are, but they're spoiled rich kids. That's true. And I'd like to point out they're still fat. Um, They are still fat. Which is kind of funny. Hello, Pippi. How you doing? Well, get her away from the door. That's why she keeps smacking her tail. <laughs> okay. Okay. So back. Where, okay. So then, this particular day, when she goes to drop off the note, somebody opens the door, and you find out the owner of the house died. Has died. Exactly. <laughs> like, They're like at her funeral reception. Right. So Pippi is very involved in the podcast today. She is. She um, won't leave me alone. Should we give her like a cookie or something? No. Yeah. So it's just rewarding bad behavior. Yeah. So. so at this point, you know, owner's dead, done deal. Because the daughter's like, I just don't want to sell it to someone I don't know. You Which know. is funny because it's not like she knows this lady. Exactly. But she thinks that this lady apparently knew her mom. Yeah. So it's a done deal. They get the house. Yep. And this is where I think a bit of the identity confusion comes in. Right. Because she's like, is this who we are now? Yeah. Well, Oliver's like, yeah, sure. And then he goes to work because now he's got this huge house and he's still trying to make partner. Right. So it basically just kind of flashes forward where he's still he's trying to make mm-hmm. partner and it shows her and she's trying to redecorate the entire house. And at yeah. that point, it's almost like that's really all she kind of does. You know what I mean? Really see she's pouring her heart and soul. Into yeah, the house exactly. And, you know, it goes back to Gavin and he's talking about exactly what you said. She, yeah. You know, he's like, she redid every piece of furniture in the mm-hmm. house herself by hand. I know. The impression you yeah. Had. This is, and this is going to be a throwback because I never really watched it past like season two, but you loved it. Brie from Desperate Housewives. yeah. That's who she reminds <laughs> me of at this yeah. point. Because yeah. everything has a place. Exactly. Everything is perfect. Everything has like spotless, all of it. Yep. And then it talks about how the kids have lost the weight, so they're not butterballs anymore. Um, and she decides that she wants to take on a business because yeah. she's an amazing cook. Yeah, she does like some pate type mm-hmm. stuff. And one of the and like you said, ladies, she one of the other wives, yeah. I think. Yep. Said, oh, "I'll buy it from you." And she sold it for like thirty-five bucks a pound. Which, of course, you know. I'm sorry. I'll, By the way, if you're not aware, pate. Is cat food. It really is. Like I know you can make it really nice, but yeah, it's on the can of friskies that I give my cat. <laughs> nice. Okay, so there's no pate for Nikki. No. Um, but apparently this was a big thing. That's when Oliver again talks down to her about it. Kind of like, he oh, does. that's real. That's it. Like yeah. that's all you know. 
He was like, yeah, that sounds great. I think he was actually aggravated and almost embarrassed yeah. that she sold it to their friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. It's like, we're rich. We don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? Why didn't you just give it to her right. if she wanted it so bad? Yeah. So I think that's kind of where his head was at. And right. he wasn't realizing what it meant for her because the kids are getting ready to throw college. Exactly. She's, they're going to be empty nesters. Which... I think I guess the kids are technically twins because they make it. I think so because they're like going at the same time. Yeah, and so I think yeah. there's like seventeen. I think they're both that, like sixteen. Yeah, 17, seventeen like that. And so that's just it. So she's gonna be alone in this house, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of with her. It's like, why do I need a maid for? Exactly. And maid well, would have been when he, she's like, I want to start my own business, and right. he's like, well, let's hire a maid. And he basically. Set up the interview and everything. Didn't yeah. say anything. This is where you really see where the resentment is going to come from because mm-hmm. he's taking her for granted. Oh, yeah. He is running around town, not with other women, but no. trying to make a life for them. Right. But he's losing sight of the fact that the reason he's coming home to this big, beautiful, comfortable house is her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So the the maid interview was probably one of my favorite sequences really? in this movie. I cracked up the whole time because it basically went from an interview to a therapy session. Yeah, that's so true. I was like, I don't need a maid, but my life is changing so much and my kids are leaving and my husband's a dick and yada, yada, yada. Just like all of it. She's just dumping everything on this poor woman. I know. Speaks English, but yeah. she's got a really good thick accent. Right, right. So it's not her first language. And exactly. this lady's just sitting there like, I just need a place that's room and board where I can eat my food and go to my classes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause she's, she's in college also. <laughs> she's in college you know. too. Yeah. And that's when you really see, okay, this is a major identity crisis right. for her now because now everything she's poured her heart and soul into the house is done and the kids are leaving. Exactly. So that's where that happens. And the maid's like, okay, well, it was nice to meet you. Thanks for talking to me. And she's like, let me show you to your room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she just spent probably five, ten minutes of the film saying why she's not getting a maid. Right. And then she hires her. I can't say I blame her. I would have been like, you know, a maid would have been nice when we had kids because right. kids mess up, you know, stuff. But I can see why she went ahead and hired her. Well, yeah. Because, it's you know, yeah, she's going to be busy with her business, but this is also right. a company. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is somebody else that's moving in that she can talk to. Right. Um, and then what aggravated me mm-hmm. is when she was talking about, oh, I'm going to be a caterer. I'm going to yeah. do my... He, like, pushes the cat off the shelf yes. for no reason. I know. I, I had that like, in my notes. Jerk. I had that in my notes. But then... I was like, screw you for pushing the poor cat. Off the, yeah. Yeah, the cat well, didn't then, do anything. So I've... First off, my opinion of him was kind of solidified. Yeah. Yeah. But then she's sitting there and she's cutting up meat because she's making more pate. Yeah. And she's teasing the poor dog and then feeding it to her cat. So I'm like, oh, she's just as bad. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. She kept pretending. She kept pretending to throw it to the dog when she didn't really throw it. And then she would just give it to the cat. In front of the dog. In front of the dog. So he's like, I don't get it. Where's mine? I know. Yeah. That's not cool. And then we get to the silent dinner. Yeah. The awkward silent dinner. And this is really telling mm-hmm. because she is like taking her time. He is just plowing through his meal. Right. And pun intended. This is where you realize in his life, he has ceased stopping to smell the roses. True. Pun intended. Yes. You get that? Yes. I got okay. that. So he's just like, get it done. Get it done as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Move on. Yep. Yeah. And she's not like that anymore. And then they start getting really passive aggressive with each other. Yeah, they do. Like about the contract, because she's wanting him to look at the contract for her, you know, catering deal. And she had asked him before, he didn't have time, so he was, you Mm -hmm. know, so she of course was upset and he kind of took the hint, like, okay, again I'll do it tonight. Then he killed a fly with it. Yeah. I was like, dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this I think is the first time after this argument, like in the bedroom. Well no 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 no. No, what's up? Okay. So 
he, you know, is like, oh, you know, I'm waiting for this really big call, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So finally the call My comes. My stuff's important, but yours is Exactly. So yeah. the call comes, and then that's when, you know, he's on the other line or whatever, which uh-huh. I would have left the phone hanging and then done this. So yeah. she hangs up the phone, and then she turns on all of the kitchen appliances. So it sounds like there's like a war exactly, but she's like holy, you know, passive aggressiveness, Batman. Right. Like, yeah, I don't and know. She yeah, yeah, she goes upstairs to bed, and then that's whenever he comes up to ask her, basically, like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and that's the fight. Yeah. And that's the first fight that we see where they go to bed mad. Still, is that the one where she crushes them with her legs? Yes, because she's a gymnast. Yeah. And it's creepy as hell. Yeah. Because that's how one of the Bond villains killed somebody. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and one of the Pierce Brosnan movies. Oh, what is okay. It? Femke. What is her name? Famke Jansen. Yes. Yeah. Her character kills. Nice. Like somebody doing that. Okay. Like, so, because at first anyway. I thought like they were about to have like angry sex is what I thought at first. <laughs> and then she takes her legs and like crushes them. You hear like popping yeah. sounds. Like she straight up realigns his back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so they go to bed. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the next day, um, they're at the lunch with the guy who's going to be a Senator. Right. Which was the big call. He that was, was the big call. Yeah. And you, you know, it comes across, you know, everybody thinks he's having a heart attack Mm -hmm. because, you know, he, yeah, he's got all this pressure, you know, and he's like, call my wife and And that kind of stuff. Call my wife, call my wife. And everybody's like, yeah, we'll get to it. Don't worry about it. Right. Well, and the wife is, she's doing her, um, she's got that big catering console, which is why she had that contract and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So they, you know. Well, He's first off, before we jump into that, <laughs> yeah, they wheel him into the yes. ER next to the black guy who's been stabbed, and he says, "By my wife again, again, with a nail file this time because she's becoming a manicure." Yeah, which I want to see that story. What? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? First of all, again. Second exactly. of all, which means it's happened more than once, and you're still married well, to this woman. And a nail file, like that dude was like bleeding, bleeding. Yeah. Like. You would have to almost, sh- and he was like a big guy. Yeah. It's like you would have to shove that nail file. Uh, it's probably still in his abdomen. No, probably. <laughs> it probably is. Yeah, and then the wife is, but his wife is with him. Yeah. And, you know, the nurses are like, oh, he's back again. And they, like, move him off to the side. Which, I, did you ever used to watch ER at all? Bits and pieces. Okay, because I noticed one of the nurses. Yeah, I watched Black. Okay, well, that's not okay. the same thing. Okay. Okay. So, but no, in ER, one of the nurses that was on it, I think almost the entire time, mm-hmm. was actually one of the nurses in this movie. I was oh, like, cool. oh, she was in ER for like ever. I don't know the lady's name. Was it the blonde lady? She had kind of curly hair. Um, yeah. I can't. I can't. Eh, anyway. It's not a big deal. Um, but she, and he's at this point, give me a pen and paper. I yeah. have to write a letter to my wife. Yeah. And because so, he hasn't been able to get her on the phone. Anyways, but the wife gets the phone call and she's like, oh, you know, my husband's in the hospital. I have to go. Yeah. Yeah. We don't see her at all in the, at, at the hospital. No. And it turns no. out she never showed. Yeah. She never showed up. But good news. It's not a heart attack. It's some sort of hernia, they said. Yeah. And he asks, like, could this be caused by somebody squeezing you really hard? With their legs. With their legs. <laughs> and you see the doctor's face. He's just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was some kind of like terror type of thing. Yeah. Um, that do- that other doctor had jokes though, because he because uh, Michael <laughs> yeah. Douglas was like, "Am I dying?" And he's like, "Well, not today." Yeah, I'm like, "Oh, damn." Well, I mean, <laughs> let's be real. I sell life insurance. I know those are questions I often ask. Well, yeah, well, I know. Um, so we get to where Gavin's meeting at the hospital, and right. he's like, "She's coming." You know, Barb's coming. Don't worry about me. Yeah. Okay, I'll wait with you. Yeah. And they wait. And they wait. And they wait. And nothing. Not a damn thing. So then they're on the train together. Right. And at this point, Oliver is seething. Oh, I can't blame him, though. I wouldn't either. I mean, he's a dick, but... But I, still, yeah. you've been, you know, that's your husband. Right. You show up. Right. So... They're drinking on the train. He's he pissed. He straight up pours himself a double. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. And he... Yeah, he's... He's just mad. Yeah. 
He's just mad at anything and everything. And it's all directed at Barb because mm-hmm. she never showed up. Right. So then you, they go home. She ends up walking in and you find out that she's acting like it was no big deal. She wasn't worried. Well, this is where we find out. This is kind of like the first like big blow up. I wouldn't say it's the first big blow up, but this is the first one where it's something real. Yeah. Like it's not all the passive aggressive anger being Mm -hmm. into this one little object. This is a big deal. Right. Yeah. And so I think she didn't even call the kids. Yeah, that's right. And the kids were obviously upset because it's like, yeah, what if it had been, you know, something bad. And first off, at this point in the movie, I'm like, it's Samwise Gamgee. Yeah. Because this is where you see (laughs) Sean. I know, right? (laughs) So that's just it, though. Like, so the kids at this point are back home now that they, you know. Yeah, they found out what happened. Right. Not from their mom. First off, as a child, I'd be mad at my mom. I know, right? Like, I mean, you know, my dad had his health problems off and on, but right. I always got a phone call. Hey, it's no big deal. We're going for, you know, an angiogram. Yeah. Or, hey, it's no big deal. The angiogram showed a little blockage. We're putting in another stent. Like, I always got a phone call. Right. She didn't even call him for that. No. Oh, no. I'd be mad. Okay. Right. So, after dinner, mm-hmm. um, first off, you see Susan. Susan's always in and out, the maid. Yeah. So, they end up... Going upstairs, and he reads her the letter. The letter, wrote. which was really sweet. It was a really sweet, like any other wife would have been in tears. Yeah, like, what's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. I love you. Right. I've had this beautiful life because of you. Exactly. I owe you everything. Yep. And she has zero yeah. reaction. There's nothing. Yep. So Barb is a sociopath. Right. Uh, is how I read that, <laughs> <laughs> or at least has sociopathic tendencies was this the scene where she basically tells them like you know i was okay okay and then at 3 a.m she wakes him up which i'm like okay it's 3 a.m she felt like they had the tv on or whatever i'm like okay it's 3 a.m he tells her to shut off the tv she shuts it shuts it off i'm like why is it so damn bright in here because I thought the brightness, I thought the brightness was because the TV was on, you know what right. I mean? But anyway, so she shuts it off and I'm like, what the hell, man? It's like bright in that there. Hollywood. I know, but. And they had to, this was before like HD was a thing. So uh, they had to like add the extra lighting. I guess, but still. And then, yeah, it goes into, you know, I pulled over. I was so scared because I was imagining life without you. And you're thinking, well, yeah, you know, that's that's sad. And then her reaction kind of makes sense. She was still like, you know, maybe she was just still kind of deer in the headlight trying to process it. Yeah. But then you find out, no. No. I was scared because I was happy. Yeah. And it's like, damn. And that doesn't hurt. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, like, I heard that and I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Ouch. (laughs) Oh, that burned. Yeah. And you can see on his face, Mm -hmm. he's like. Like, it was complete shock to him. Oh, well, yeah. So. That's when she says, I want a divorce. I want a divorce. Which, for it's like, I would want to, you know, because he actually wants an answer, too. And I can't say I blame him. And see, part of me says, at that point, instead of trying to pick a fight about it, he should have said, okay, before we do that. Yeah. Counseling. Right. Or, like, a vacation to take a break. Because I bet you anything, dude's never gone on vacation. Yeah, that's probably true, too. Because he's been yeah. like wanting to be that senior partner top right. level guy. So he's probably never taken her on a vacation. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it's like I've known people who've retired that have had kids and their whole life revolved around their kids. Right. And then it's like, okay, it's nice now to see you. I kind of like you again because yeah. they're getting to do that reconnection. Right. And it's not happened for them. I thought he offered, maybe not counseling, but doing other things before. He was like, let's go on vacation or something. Yeah. And at that point, she's already made up her mind. It's a little too late. Yeah. Well, then it gets, like, overly aggressive and stuff. I mean, he... He loses his temper. Yeah, he loses his temper. And he tells Mm -hmm. her to hit him. And she does. She, like... She She nailed him. him flat. Yeah. That was a good shot. It was a good shot. But I have to say... She plays really good, crazy. Oh, she does. I'm she sure. Fantastic. Yeah. And you can tell with that first punch, it's like all this pent up aggression mm-hmm. and resentment she's been hanging on to. 
She put in her fist. Oh, she did. And he yeah. basically, you know, tells her, like... I hope you get a good lawyer. And then she's like, you know, oh, I will. Your money can yeah, buy. Exactly. <laughs> she had some really I good... Loved it. She had some good line, one-liners in this movie. Now, then it jumps into their divorce meeting. Yeah. Where they're sitting, I'm guessing, is with her lawyer. He doesn't have one yet. Well, I mean, he is a lawyer. He so, is a lawyer, yeah. You know. So, they're, I think it looks like they're trying to settle quietly. Right. And so at this point, she doesn't want any alimony. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, child support, yes. No. And he's like, I've always taken care of my kids. Right. Which really, like, there's the seven. Guys, like, they're, you know, you've yeah. got a year of it left anyway. Yeah. And stuff like that. So she doesn't want alimony. Child support is kind of meh, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then now it comes down to the house. They both. They, well, she says she wants the house. Right. And I think because she said she wanted the house, he put up the fight. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think if she had just said, you know, I want the house, but if it's going to be a problem, like, just get rid of it type thing. If she didn't sink her claws so deep into it, right? he wouldn't have put up the fight for it. That's true. But she did, and he does. Mm-hmm. And here's my thing. If she was smart, yeah, she would have said, I want the house. And if he said, no, I want the house, you should have said, then I want your car. Yeah. And whatever my half of the house is worth. Yeah. And then he would have probably sat back and gone. I don't want to give up my car. I don't want to give up my car. You keep the house right. and I'll keep a couple of bits and pieces. Yeah. That's how normal people behave. We've already established they're not that normal. No. They appear to be, but they're really not that exactly. normal. And the lawyer breaks out Oliver's letter. Yeah. And reads it back as grounds for this to, you know, that she has rights to everything. Right. And this is where, like, war is declared. Oh, for sure. Like, this is yep. where he's like, you know, what did, what did they say? He said something on his way out. Yeah. Remember it? No. Something along the lines of basically get ready for a fight. Yeah. So war is declared. Yep. And then we're flashing to... Oliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, excuse me, Gavin. Gavin, yeah. We find out Gavin is Oliver's lawyer. Right. And he ends up finding this old law in, like, the back of a book. Yeah, like a loophole type thing. Exactly. It was written for poor people who couldn't afford to live in two separate places during a divorce. Right. And that old law that he found is what Oliver uses as grounds to move back in. Yep. Worst Christmas ever. <laughs> right? <laughs> Seriously. So, okay, Barb is bad that Oliver's back. Yep. But the kids are home, you know, for Christmas. And they're, you can tell they're both at least trying to be amicable. Right. Right. Which I give them props for. Yeah. It doesn't last. They pick a fight about a short on the Christmas tree. And again, though, she ended up putting that aluminum foil star up on the tree instead of like this beautiful little angel. Yeah. I'm sure they'd bought together. Oh, yeah. And so, like you said, they're arguing, you know, okay, oh, there's no... 20 years, that star is in shreds. I know, right? <laughs> if it's made of foil, it is shredded beyond recognition. <laughs> it's like, I don't know really why you would keep that now that you can afford all this great stuff. But whatever. She liked it. Yeah. So anyway, but like you said, though, they're fighting about the short on the tree. Mm-hmm. So she- well, the, or- the ornament breaks. All of a sudden, like, Barb storms off. Yeah. Both of the kids leave. So now yeah. Oliver is standing in front of this beautiful tree in this beautiful house and he's alone on mm-hmm. Christmas. Boo hoo. Yeah. And then we cut to yeah. the daughter yeah. making out in the car. Right. And then she sees that the tree is on fire. Freaks out. Well, yeah. <laughs> Freaks out, runs to the house, calls, you know, gets her mom and dad and, you know, everybody down. Right. He comes out with, you know, the fire, the fire extinguisher. And he reads the directions. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Which, as my husband, because my husband was watching it with me, he's like, okay, that thing wouldn't do anything on a fire that big. Because that was a big fire. I don't know. It was a bigger than, like, we have a little itty-bitty one at my house next to the kitchen. Yeah. Because let's be real, my mom is my mom. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, I've had a roommate or two that has set a toaster on fire. So we have a fire extinguisher handy. And that one was like double or triple the size of the one we have at our house. So I kind of believe it would. Yeah, maybe. But I don't know if it would 
like completely put everything out. He right. probably still have some stuff smoldering. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. he puts out the fire using this fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. And my question is, is why don't, okay. Nobody ever seems to call the damn cops in this movie for anything. Thank you. Okay. We'll get to that like later. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, at least the fire department, even though it's put out, the fire department still needs to come out. Yeah. You know what I mean? They need to come out and then the tree needs to be put outside. Exactly. Because if it is still smoldering, you don't want it next to right. something that you know is flammable because it's already caught on fire. Exactly. And then you see like the sad like yeah. the kids are getting the Christmas presents out from under the tree and yeah. they're like, hot and burning their fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Little yeah. Sean Aston got himself some binoculars. That are useless. Uh, yeah, that yeah. Um, but you do see when he's looking through them, it's like his dad standing alone mm-hmm. and going upstairs by himself. Yeah, which is just really sad. Uh, so then we get to where he's talking. Gavin's trying to tell him, "Look, you don't really want to do this. Right? You don't want to live with her. This is just a bad idea in yep. general." But he's going on about how. Oh, yeah, this is where he pulls out the map, and he's like, this is her side. They have it, like, all mapped out. Yeah. It's like, okay, so this is her quarters. Uh This is my quarters. And this is, like, the neutral. Yeah, this is neutral. And that's whenever Gavin is saying. more square footage. You idiot. I know. (laughs) You idiot. Yeah. But, yeah. Exactly. And like you said, that's when Gavin is saying, like, yeah, this is a stupid idea. You don't want to do this. Yeah. And see, right before that, they had a fight. That went outside into the driveway. Oh, and yeah. you see her huge truck, Jeep. That thing was awesome. Thing. It was. That's something that my brother would have loved yeah, have for at sure. one point. Yeah, for sure. And they're fighting about the house. They're fighting about the money. And when she backs out and leaves, you oh, see yeah. that the kids are there with Susan. And mm-hmm. they heard everything. Oh, yeah. So that's where the kids, I think, get their first taste of what this divorce is doing to their parents. Yeah. So there's that. Then the square footage thing. And then... The crazy shit starts happening. Mm-hmm. So we at the cat yet? We are okay. Damn. So Susan knocks on the door yeah. in the bedroom, and she's asking Barb for a sleeping pill. Right. Well, she's asking for a sleeping pill on Oliver's behalf because Oliver wants it. Right. And he knows that Barb won't give him one. Right. So the cat gets out. Yep. Uh, Barb says no to the pill. Yeah. And Benny the dog chases the cat around the house and yeah. ends up chasing it outside. So Oliver and Susan are going to the store to get sleeping tablets. Right. And the car that has at this point been restored Mm -hmm. is gorgeous. It's nice. And he backs over the cat in the driveway. I know. And I felt like you could tell it was just an accident. He didn't do it on purpose. It was not malicious. Right. But then he doesn't say anything. Well, yeah. He tells. He lets her look for this cat for days. Well, that's just it. And he just tells Susan to go get a big Ziploc bag. And you can, you can see it, it <laughs> like, you know, you don't see the cat up close, but you can see her putting it into the Ziploc bag. Yeah. And so, like, you it s- bummed me out. It did. Like, poor baby. I know. He got shoved off the thing, and now he got ran over. Yeah. Like you said, though. So, now she goes a couple of days. She's looking for her poor cat. Mm-hmm. And she ends up cornering Oliver in the sauna in the basement and she's like what did you do to my cat which hashtag rich people problems I right? also would like a sauna in my non-existent basement right you know I think that would be fantastic I and know your own personal sauna not one that you yeah. have to share with other people at the gym who are gross exactly because let's be real some of those guys need to wear more than a towel in mm-hmm. the sauna okay but, so yeah <laughs> so she asks him about the cat she barricades him in Right. She's basically going to cook him. Yeah. She goes to the kitchen and actually cooks for a while. Yeah. And then comes back down and at this point he fesses up. Well, because, I mean, he's almost out of it. Because... No, he fessed up and then she locked him in the sauna, I think. No, I think he confessed. Like when she came back down? Because when she came back down, he was almost, like, out of it. Yeah. Because of the heat. So, he's mad. He's Mm -hmm. half crazy. And he's basically like, yeah, I did it. So, yeah. So great. Let's just, let's, let's poke the hives, the beehive with a stick and yeah. just see what happens. Right. Um, she goes back upstairs. She just leaves him on the floor. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, you know, if you're going to live, you're going to live. If you're not, you're not. Yeah. 
it cuts to the next day. You see Oliver's office at work. Yeah. Covered with papers, all these open books. He's, and he's starting to kind of unravel. Well, and he's pounding Gatorade because he's so he's, he's still dehydrated <laughs> from what happened in the thing. Exactly. And this is where he's talking to Gavin and no, it wasn't Gavin. It was one of the other partners. One of the other partners who's noticing that he's disheveled. His work is suffering. Yeah. Yeah. And then it jumps to Barb is in Gavin's office. Yeah. Get him to leave. Get him to move out. I'll give you money. He's like, I can't do that. She's like, well, then I'll pay you some other way and starts hiking her skirt. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to be a gymnast. Yeah. Again, with the gymnast (laughs) thing. And he turns her down. Yeah. And because he's married now, he's not. He, no, not, th- not then. Oh, really? He was married at the very beginning when he was talking to his first prospective client, but he wasn't married yet. Okay. Yeah. And then she's off. She, you know, she gives up and leaves. Mm-hmm. And then you see this scene where Barb is going up the stairs, Oliver's coming down the stairs, and yeah. they're basically cursing at each other, calling oh, yeah. their names. <laughs> and poor Susan's in the middle. I know. And Barb walks by after she's just cussed out her husband. She's like, good morning, Susan. Yeah. And, like, keeps going up the stairs like it's nothing. I know. This poor woman is looking at the two of them like, I don't quite know what to do anymore. I, I know. <laughs> exactly. I love Susan's character because yeah. she's the only reason, voice of reason left. Other than Gavin. Gavin's a voice of reason. But Susan's in the middle. Well, yeah. Yeah. So as long as Susan's there, things are still kind of. Right. They're not even keeled, but they haven't blown up. Right. So they, each parent has a heart to heart with the kids Mm -hmm. because the kids are going to college now. Dad has the heart to heart with son. Right. Mom has the heart to heart with daughter. Yep. And they're trying to, they're trying to still kind of come together for the kids. Yeah. And then. You find out after the kids leave, Susan's given up. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to be there anymore. And it's sad because she's probably been there for, you know, a while. Yeah. But it's just too toxic. So she, well, yeah. the last voice of reason in this house. is gone. Is gone. Yep. And Gavin is trying to talk sense into Oliver about this dinner party that Barb is throwing where there's going to be like all of these prospective clients. And right. And... Oliver had found out that she tried to basically get him out of the house for the evening and he's pissed about it. Right. So what does he do? Well, he shows up to embarrass her in front of all of those potential clients. Well, before that he fires Gavin. Oh, that's right. Storms out. And then we get to the dinner party. This is where stuff starts. Oh yeah. The dinner party. Mm -hmm. You go first. Okay. So she's got all these potential clients over. She's mm-hmm. cooked all of these meals and things like that for them to try. Okay, first off, Oliver is a very sick man at this point. Yeah. <laughs> he comes in looking like a sick Abraham Lincoln hombo. I know, right? Like, yeah. Okay. And so he shows up, mm-hmm. like you said, looking sick as hell. He's got, I want to say it was like sweatpants, but then he's got like. like the tuxedo shirt. Yeah, t- exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, she, of course, is, doesn't want him there. They're all kind of, everybody's kind of looking at him like, who the hell is this? And she's trying to, like, politely get him yeah, to leave. exactly. He blows his nose in a tissue, and where does he put the tissue? <laughs> in the soup that's about to be served. Exactly. And then he goes into the kitchen. And he says he's going to pee on the fish. Yeah. And everybody's like, um. Um, yeah. And I'm like, he's not really going to pee on the Oh, fish. no, he pees like, on the He's, like, he on l- a stool. Literally peeing Shut on the fish. Down. Yep. Peeing on the fish. Literally. And not like a little bit. He's no. like writing his name on it. Like exactly. he's everywhere. <laughs> right. Um and so that's when she loses her shit. And I can't like, say I never I'm, would have humiliated you this way. Right. Which I don't know. I think she would have. I think she would have too. Maybe not peeing on stuff, but <laughs> not my <laughs> She wouldn't have marked the territory. Yeah, but I'm but sure she, she would have. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. So at that point, she gets into her big-ass car. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, revs it up. And she slam- She backs up and slams right into his, you know, nice mm-hmm. car. And then pushes it out into the street. Yeah. yeah. Pushes. Catches it. Pushes it out into the street. And he runs over there. He's like, you're not destroying my car. And he's standing in front of it and he won't move. Right. 
again, she's revving. Meanwhile, all of the uh, people yeah, are out on the front. She's not worried about witnesses. No. I mean, murder. all of the people are out in the front lawn now. And this is where I'm sitting here going, this is like that case in Texas where they, the husband was run over like four times. Oh, yeah. Because the wife caught him having an affair. I think it happened like in Houston. Yeah, it was Houston. She's oh, out, by the way. This was her inspiration. I she, did not know that. She is out. That's creepy as hell. Anyway. Uh, she ends up crashing into his car. Claire Harris, uh, by the way, is the name of that woman who in Texas. Oh, okay. So y'all should look her up because that was some crazy stuff. It was some crazy stuff. Anyway. Uh, there's actually a Lifetime movie. There is. It. I just don't know what it's called. <laughs> so she crashes his car. Yep. And then she actually uses her huge truck to push the car into... It's like the, all these tree sculptures that are on their the front. The tree sculpture yeah. this big brick-like retaining thing right. with the flower bed. Yep. And once she smushes it into it, she then backs up and, like, monster trucks yes. herself over it. That was awesome. So now she's... This is where they start destroying the house because oh, she's yeah. ruined the landscaping. Oh, yeah. And she doesn't care. And then she comes back in. He's destroyed her pride and joy, mm-hmm. which is the stove. Yep. Which, what was, okay, I thought that, honestly, it was his car that was burning on the stove. So what, I wondered for a minute. That's So what was it's it? like he tore it apart. Okay. He took something to it, and he just ripped it open. Okay. So it like, it's a gas stove. That's why right. it's on fire. Okay. That's, that's gotcha. the thing I got. And then she's like, I thought you'd be more creative. Mm-hmm. And something should be screaming warning to this guy, because yeah. she is cool, calm, and collected. Yep. And she walks out, and you hear glass start breaking. Mm-hmm. They're obsessed with these staffatures, is what they're calling I, them. Yeah, instead I don't know. of like figurines. Yeah, they're figurines. Or I'm sure they're 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 calling them staffatures. Yeah, it's like I'm sure they're that's like very a pretentious rich white people thing. Yeah, but right. that's what they're calling them. Yep. So and she's tossing a war. Oh yeah, she's tossing <laughs> them everywhere. Throwing them at him. Exactly. Smashing them together. There's breaking everything. specific ones that he doesn't want her to break. So, of course, she breaks them. Of course. And then we see a scene where he's up in his bedroom and he has, like, the remaining ones actually in the bedroom with him. Not yet. Oh, really? He takes, I think he takes one and, like, runs up. No, they're upstairs. Yeah. Arguing back and forth. Right. And he ends up, I think it's, he accidentally, like, pushes her down the stairs or she falls down the stairs. In the oh, the yeah. And she, like, here's the gymnast again. She's yeah. cartwheeling down the stairs. <laughs> and then she what? ends up falling and hurting herself at the bottom. Yeah. So it's, like, two straight-up full cartwheels Car That's true. I forgot stairs. about that. I thought that was hilarious. I know, I right? laughed more at that than anything else in this movie. <laughs> and I don't, and it's just the ridiculousness of it. Yeah, for sure. So... And then, okay, yeah, so, right, so yeah, Oliver's in his bedroom, and he's got, which, how many of these things did they have? Because that bedroom know. was covered and in see, these things. My grandmother collected porcelain dolls. Right. And it's creepy enough sleeping in a room full of those. Yeah, I bet. But now he's got, like, all these little staffatures Yeah. on every surface in the room because he doesn't want, like, her to get back after them. Right. And then you start wondering, where's Benny the dog? Mm-hmm. That's true. We haven't seen Benny yet. We haven't seen Benny in a while. And they show they show her in her room, and she's bruised up. She is. She looks like she's been just beat to hell. Yeah. She really does. And so the next morning. And you can see it also. Mm-hmm. She's bruised, and she's hurt, but she's getting mad. Oh, yeah. And she's thinking. Mm-hmm. And so the next morning, mm-hmm. he finds a post-it note saying, basically, you know, dinner at nine. Dinner, yeah, we need, you know, family or like a meeting yeah. at nine, you yeah. know. And he writes on there that he accepts. Yeah, he will attend. He'll attend. And it starts out really civilized. Yeah. And you see that I saw in his face, he doesn't want a divorce. Right. All of his anger is because he doesn't want a divorce. So when they're sitting down, Initially, there's pate on crackers. Yeah. So it's cat food on re- cat food on a Ritz, yeah. basically. And <laughs> now those were some rich looking crackers, though they weren't that's Ritz. True. They were some sort of fancy. They were kind of like graham crackers with salt on. They them. did kind of. So, <laughs> uh, 
and he she brought that and he opens a bottle of wine mm-hmm. and they're both kind of looking at each other while they're tasting this stuff like yeah. is it poison exactly which I love how like okay so finally they both try he tries the pate she tries the wine mm-hmm. and then there's like this sigh of relief it's like guys if you're gonna be poisoned it's not gonna happen that quick right like you're in a couple of hours you'll yeah, you'll, feel you'll it. figure it out yeah then. So he's telling her he still loves her. She's telling him she still wants out. Yep. <laughs> and she pops off with, you don't know how far I'll go. And all I can think is, honey, you ain't Moana. This yeah. stuff is some bad news. I know. I'm looking at all of her and I'm like, dude, run. Yeah. She's about to like tear, tear and then the world apart. That's when she makes the comment, you know, about the pate. Poor Benny. She says, woof. Yeah. And I was like, what? I know. I and saw then, that and I was like, no. I know. No, but it's okay because poor Benny is, outside. is actually fine. He's, He's fine. He's outside. Yeah. <laughs> but that. That's what really starts, sets it off. That's where things go nuclear. Yeah. Because now they're running around. She ends up. Well, he like flipped the table. He flipped the table. Yeah. Like they, they're no longer. He went, Teresa. Yeah. They no. are. He went Teresa, you know, Teresa, New Jersey housewife on that table. I don't watch it, but I appreciate it. Yes. Yes. It's like, yeah, the table's done. Uh, He loses track of her. Mm -hmm. We find out she's in the attic, but he doesn't know that. So he barricades them both inside the house. Now they are literally destroying the house that they have been fighting over. Yeah. Because he's tearing apart doors. He's putting nail holes in the the frames. And he's barricading them in so neither one of them can leave. Right. And she's actually up in the attic, which he doesn't know. Right. Here's my thing. Call the freaking cop. I know. You have this beautiful, huge million dollar home. Go up to a phone. 911. He's crazy. Come quick. Yeah. Put it down. They'll figure out where you are. Right. And then go hide in the attic. Exactly. She didn't do that. No. So she is loosening the bolt on the chandelier because <laughs> that's, he's in a little foyer. So yeah. she's thinking she's going to take his ass out. Yeah. He figures out she's in the attic somehow. Right. Gets up there and there's mouse, mouse traps set up like one of those stunts cool. in that movie Jackass. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and like they're going off and they get it straight up gets its foot it does like mid the top of his foot is where that thing comes down um they end up fighting it's physical at this point like physical and this is fighting this is where it gets weird worst blowjob ever yeah exactly (laughs) so it it turns into oh i don't want to fight and they start kissing i love you you." you. and she goes for his pants you're thinking Angry makeup. Tips. Yeah, exactly. She tries to bite it off. Yeah, exactly. That, oh my God. That I did not see coming. <laughs> because ni- this movie was made in 1989. Yeah, 89. There were still a lot of rules in place that are were, are not in place then that are in place now. But to be fair, they didn't really, it's not like they showed her actually biting it. No, I mean, they, I didn't know that they would let that, yeah. that slide yeah. back then. So anyways, of course, he screams out in pain and you see him in the bathroom where there's with the bidet, with the bidet which was hilarious. That, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, and it showed like, you know, he was it didn't show like his penis or anything, but you can tell he's using it because the water is like splattering back down. I was waiting for there to be like blood in the water. I know. Right. But you could almost see his nuts. Yeah, you could. Yeah, it was. A, it, but it was also a much younger Michael Douglas. It was. Too. So, at this point, Susan comes back. Yeah. She comes back to get more of her stuff like she said she would. Right. She can't get in. And she doesn't know why. Yeah. So, she ends up, I guess, crawling through a window. And she almost gets crushed by flying furniture. Because That's she's right. Because throwing a chair. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that makes it better. That's see, fine. this is where even Susan's like. You need to come outside with me. Like, this is out of yeah. hand. You need to come outside with yep. me. So he acts like he's going to go with her. Mm-hmm. She steps out on the porch and he shuts the door and barricades it again. Yep. So this is where she basically goes and tries to get a hold of the... I want to... Of Gavin. That's who she Yeah. Calls. Which, I I think that's whenever she was outside and she could see him in the downstairs window. And you could see Barbara in, like in the, the attic. attic window. Yes. Yeah. Which is creepy as hell. It was. And that's... Like, she can tell, okay... This is not going to go well. Which, again, call the police. Why are you getting call, Gavin for? 
I don't understand. Maybe into a situation where she was like, if I call the cops, both of their careers are over type thing. Well, first of all, the wife didn't really have much of one, but whatever. Not after the dinner. No. Any, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, and I realize it's 1989. So of course not everybody has cell phones at this point, but go next door and be like, yeah. hey, there's some well, shit going on. Most people don't have cell phones. Well, of They're course. not really a thing yet. Yeah, car I don't. phones are a thing. Yeah, well, we, we see a car phone with Gavin. Right? Anyway. Okay. So, at this point, house is destroyed. Yeah. Everything's been trashed. The scavengers are smashed. The mm-hmm. furniture's everywhere. Um, they end up fighting, fighting again. Yeah. They're on the stairwell, and, like, the banister breaks, and she's getting ready to fall from the second floor, but instead... She grabs the chandelier. She pulls out those gymnastic moves. Those gymnastic moves. She does yeah. like a whole like pirouette in the air yeah, type thing. To exactly. Get which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, and then he's go- he's mad and he's like, you know, I'm I'm going to save you whether you like it or not. Right. And she's telling him, no, you're too, it's too heavy. It's just going to pull you out too. Right. He doesn't listen. Like he hasn't been listening throughout yeah. their entire marriage. And he ends up stuck as well. Yeah. So now they're both lying on opposite sides of the chandelier. Yep. And she told him straight up, I loosened the bolt. I was trying to kill you. Yeah. And he's just cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. He's just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. What? I know. So, so they're on the chandelier, like you said. Yeah. Susan and Gavin show up. Gavin arrives. Gavin uses his car phone, which that was back whenever they were in like the suitcase. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he's calling them. No answer. That kind of stuff. They see him through the window. So they start screaming for him. Yeah. Get a ladder. Get a ladder. Yeah. That's where they go. Which I'm sorry. Did they go to like Home Depot to get a ladder? Because they right. didn't come back for like ever. Maybe they like couldn't get into access the ladder because he barricaded the house. Oh, that's true too. That's kind of what I was wondering. But yeah, I'm with you. They, you know, they had to like chop down the tree and like build it <laughs> yeah, themselves. Exactly. Uh, so they're rushing around the side of the house, and you find out the chandelier is falling. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's okay. It's reinforced. It can hold up to like an extra 200 pounds. Which I'm like, dude, you're probably 180, number one. I mean, 160, 180 plus her weight is over 200 pounds. Yeah. So it ends up falling and they both end up hitting the floor with the chandelier. Yep. Which I'm sorry, they would have been way more cut up. Oh, yeah. There was like no blood at all. But you see, he, like, comes to a little bit first, and he reaches over and puts his hand on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And he basically dies at that point. Yeah. And then she comes to a little bit, and she shoves the hand off her shoulder. <laughs> yeah, just enough. And then she dies. Yeah, which it took me kind of a second. I'm like, wait, did they die? And Yeah, because then Gavin <laughs> and Susan come back. and Oh, my God, they're yeah. dead. Yeah. Hey, you know what would have been helpful? Is if they had called the damn police like a while ago? Fire department. Yeah, you had a ladder. You yeah, bust into the house. It's like okay, no cell phones, but dude, you have a car phone, right? You know, or like I said, go to an- Susan to like call the cops. Yeah, and you get the ladder. Exactly. Something. So it cuts back to Gavin. Yep. And in the middle of towards one of the other like in between flashbacks where he's talking to the client again. Mm-hmm. He says something to the effect of, I got married, I think he said, like, last year or yeah. something. Yep. Talked about how he was never going to make the mistakes that basically Oliver and Barb right. made. And he basically talks his client out of the divorce. Yeah. he's Because he was like, you have to be generous to the point of tears. I kind of thought it was funny whenever he said, this is why cat people should marry cat people and, and dog, dog people should, should marry dog, dog people. people. Yep. <laughs> and... That's where it ends when he sees like the reflection of the client walking yep. out. So it was kind of like, okay, I did a good thing today. Exactly. The only thing that would have made the ending absolutely perfect. What? Is if we saw that Gavin married Susan. Oh, yeah. That would have been really, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He probably just married some skank. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. He said he was over footsies when Barb tried to like. That's true. That uh, was so 19. Proposition him. That was 1982 that he was over it. Right. Last time was <laughs> 1982. Okay. So that's the end of the movie. That's where uh-huh. it kind of goes away. 
so for our rating, I thought we could either use Staffordshire's or Cartwheels Down the Stairs. Which one do you want to use? I want to do Cartwheels. Okay, so how many Cartwheels Down the Stairs would you give this film? I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to say a 4.5. Yeah. The only thing that was really missing was the little extra on the end where you yeah. see Gavin married Susan, which I would have loved. <laughs> nice. It would have been like 100% perfect if that's how it would have gone. Right. So, yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Uh, the tomato meter was 84%, but the audience meter was only 71%. Yeah. I think the tomato meter is more accurate than the audience one. On I think one. so too. I mean, but seventy one is still considered good, though. Oh yeah, I mean, I it's, mean not a, it's a really good movie, no matter what you're you're doing. Yeah, and it's one of those movies that it has this ridiculousness. It has that very nineteen eighties fashion. Oh, for sure. So there's no question when it was made, but it was just a really good way of telling a story that I don't think is ever going to get old. Right. Okay, so you know me and Google. Mm-hmm. So I looked some stuff up. Okay. I've got the a couple thing, of facts and stuff, too. Right? Uh, the main thing was when I first typed in War of Roses on Google, this movie is nowhere to be found. Really? It pops up with an English civil, civil war over the throne between the Lancasters and the York. Lancasters were red roses on their like sigil or crest. Uh York was white roses. Interesting. This thing lasted like 32 years (laughs) and all of the male Lancasters wiped out. So basically the house is dead and the Yorks really took over and solidified the Tudors on the throne, which then led to this was Henry the sixth is the one that was there. And this, of course, led right. to the seventh, and then of course Eighth. Henry the Eighth, yep, and Queen Elizabeth. So that's kind of where all of that came from. Interesting. So they made this movie for twenty six million, which I think for nineteen eighty nine was a lot of money for a film. Yeah, probably. Uh, but it made over one hundred and sixty worldwide. Nice. So it it did okay. Yeah, it took care of itself. Yep. All right. So what kind of facts you got for me? All right. Let's see here. I got a couple. Here's one. So in August 2009, mm-hmm. Roger, uh, Richard Shankman held his ex-wife, Nancy Tyler, hostage for over 13 hours in their South Windsor, uh, Connecticut home after becoming obsessed with this movie, uh, bashing, basing, oh some of his, yeah, <laughs> basing some of his actions on the movie itself. Uh, fortunately, Nancy was able to escape, and although he burned her home down, he was tried and given a 70-year sentence. Deserved. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I get it, but this is fiction, people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like, there are actual laws. Somebody did what we've been wanting them to do, and they called the cops on this guy. Right. Do you know that this was actually a book? Uh, yes, I saw that on Yeah, Twitter. and I guess there was, uh, there's also a, a sequel that he wrote, that the author wrote, called uh-huh. The Children of the Roses, um, but of course that, that hasn't been filmed or anything. I kind of wonder what's that about. Because I know. I kind of want to read it. Right? Now, so. the stars of the film. So, of course, we've got Michael Douglas as Oliver. Right. Uh, and it's Michael Douglas. He's done 60 projects between 1966 and 2018. You can tell he's been really choosy yeah. about what he's worked on, like, pretty much his whole career. I've heard right. of most of the movies he's done. Yeah. And a lot of them are really good. Dude, like uh, we got to do Basic Instinct and basic Fatal Instinct, Attraction at some fatal point. Attraction. What's the other one? Uh, he was in um, oh the one with Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, I know which one you're talking about, but I don't. I didn't see it. A Perfect Murder. Yeah, and just a million other things. Yeah. And he's <laughs> he's in the Marvel universe. Basically. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he plays uh, Pym. Yep. In Ant Man. Yep. So. And here's the thing. Don't think I'm ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He is a very old gentleman. Yeah. So I Googled to make sure he was still alive. Are you serious? Good news. He's fine. Do you know that his dad, Kirk Douglas, is also still alive? He's like over 100 years old now. He was, only, he was in like The Robe and like Ben-Hur. Holy crap. No, I did not know that. Yeah. So he's still alive. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, Kathleen Turner... Uh, 61 projects between 1979 and 2019. I don't know. I've heard she had a lot of work done. 
So maybe that's why I don't really recognize her in a lot of the roles she's had recently. Actually, I want to say he wasn't, he was in Spartacus. Oh, Kirk Douglas, Kirk Douglas. was, okay. yeah. But Catherine, I don't know if she's had work done or if it's just she's that good of an actress. Um, I've, I've heard of a lot of the stuff that's on her repertoire, but it looks like the 80s and the 90s were really her. Yeah, they were. Where she had like, consistent multiple projects over the course of those years um she actually played chandler bing's cross-dressing father in front in a couple of friends episodes <laughs> because she's got that wow. deep yeah she's got that deep, deep voice. voice and it's and, only it's become deeper if you listen yeah. to her you're like now well and i think that's got like, partly to do with she's very open and yeah an advocate of her she's had issues with alcoholism and addiction. Yeah. So that's probably what's kind of I don't want to say destroyed her voice or her appearance, but that's probably lends into why I probably don't recognize her because right. that stuff is hard on somebody's body, you know? Now Danny DeVito is not happy unless he's doing something. Yeah, right. He's done hundred and thirty three projects from nineteen seventy to twenty nineteen. And he's done you know, voiceovers, comedies, dramas, everything in between. He's directed 23 projects and he's produced 41 and there's overlap in all of them. So it's not like he's got one job on every set he's on. Right. Like uh, this movie, he was an actor and he was director. Yep. Matilda, he was an actor and director. Right. Mom, throw mama from the train. It was the same thing. Exactly. And stuff like that. So, so he's not happy unless he's moving. Of course, right now he's doing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Has right. been for years. Which that's just... That's just not my cup of tea. Oh, I love it. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's not bad. It's just not something that I'm, like, excited to turn on. Yeah, I know. Uh, Mary Ann Sedgebrich, I think, is how... Um, I killed her. Yeah. Life. And that's not how you say it. She played Susan. Right. She has 72 projects, and they're mostly all foreign. A lot yeah. of them are not English. I was about to say. She was discovered by a director named Percy Adlin. Okay. And they've done, like, he, she's his muse. They've okay. just done movie after movie after movie together. It's almost like the Tim Burton, Johnny Depp type relationship. Oh, yeah. But there's a lot more projects that they're both working on. <laughs> right. So that was her. Sean Astin, of course. Yeah. Sean Astin. Uh, Samwise Gamgee in Lord of the Rings. Uh, most recently that I've seen, he was Bob in Stranger Things Season 2. He, was also, Brain. he also played Rudy. Rudy, well, yeah. But that was around the same time as this. Well, so. But Ru you're right. Rudy is probably that was the a one big that movie. Kind of put him on the map yeah. when he was young. And then uh, Heather Fair Fairfield, still done a lot of work. She had a lot of projects under her name, but I don't recognize her from anything else. I don't either. I mean, the kids weren't a big part of this movie. Right, you yeah. Know, so. And I think she only worked till like the early 2000s, if I'm remembering correctly. Right. And then I guess she took a break or just yeah up or whatever but she had pretty consistent work from there nice all right you got any fun facts for me left or do we use them all uh that's basically it perfect well that's all i got too so yeah. we are officially done breaking down war of the roses yep so next week we're going to be breaking down ours not to be confused with the hours right two separate movies yep so the one we're breaking down is the paul walker movie okay where he's like the dad right after katrina he's basically accidentally left at the hospital with his baby oh so that's the one you need to look for the best way to find it i think is to type in hours on hulu because that's mm -hmm. where i found it okay and it pulls right up as like the first one Gotcha. If there's Meryl Streep, you're in the wrong movie. Yeah. Like, I love Meryl Streep, but that's not the one we're yeah. talking about. Alrighty. So, I'm Nikki. And I'm Laura. And this has been Breakdown from the Couch. Alright, bye guys. See you next week.